Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson. And here with me today, I have a special guest. I am here with Allie Irwin. Allie is uh, the podcast host of Parenting Successful Teens. She also works as a life coach for... Now, do you do parents and teens, Allie, or do you specialize in one or the other? Both. Both. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. Sometimes both together, but definitely both individually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes it's parents, sometimes it's their teens, sometimes it's both. But you specialize in, in that whole time of life, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I could use a little help and some coaching around parenting my teenager. Well, let's just say it's not parenting them. It's uh, living with them. <laughs> somebody just, I just heard somebody say, refer to their, the people that they are quarantined with as inmates. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I need you to help me coach me on my inmates <laughs> getting along with them. And I was so excited that you asked because I think it's such a great reminder for all the people listening to this podcast that we all need help sometimes. That even a master parenting coach like yourself still gets tripped up when it's your own household. Right. We still have our blind spots. And I really think that, you know, that's why I like about coaching is you learn the tools of how to coach yourself, you know, but sometimes it's just nice to be coached by someone else because they can see things you can't see. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what kind of got you started as a life coach for teens and those who are parenting them. Well, I can't, I took the long road as so many coaches did. I started out as an engineer and first actually got into body language coaching, like the oh. system of, because many engineers don't have a lot of great social skills. And so I got very excited about learning like the mechanics of persuasion. Do you do any persuading as a mother? <laughs> And influence uh, yes. and leadership. And um, I had a pretty strong corporate practice when my kids hit their own teenage years. And I realized that kind of behind the scenes, I was applying all of the tools that I had and needing vastly more tools to get through the years. And so I went back and got uh, more traditional life coach training, both through Martha Beck and through the life coach school and through a couple of other teachers. And as I was using those tools behind the scene, I started slowly shifting my practice. Like as I figured out how to go from surviving those years to really growing through them right alongside my teens. And yeah. then like once I figured that out, that's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I shifted my practice. Very good. And so tell me what it was about the teen years that you found especially challenging. Ooh, challenging or exciting? Can I tell you both? Sure. Okay. Challenging because anything that you have left unhealed, your kids know all of those buttons. 
and they do not care about your feelings. <laughs> they care about your friend's feelings and they're not that interested in yours. And very often, like you're at a place in your life where you're super interested in your family, but like you care, you've sort of healed the like pleasing other people stuff. Mm. And so it's this perfect time because they will push the buttons that are left. Mm-hmm. I find it challenging because I had all these buttons. I didn't realize I still had all these control issues and all these people pleasing issues and all these other things. And like my oldest really just pushed every button. <laughs> Like a rat getting sugar or like a mouse getting sugar water, you right. know, the, the like push, yeah. push, 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 push. <laughs> oh, you've had some rest, push, push, push. And so that's what was so challenging for me. But once I kind of got the hang of what was happening, I realized I had a live in life coach that was giving me all these opportunities. And if I could just get on board, he was actually doing me a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see so, it that way too. Like our teenagers can be kind of our spiritual teachers to like exactly. show us all the areas where we're still locked down or attached to our ego or feel like we're not good enough and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so if you use the teenage years, like you're not just launching them, you're also launching yourself. You're getting yourself ready for whatever comes next. And in that way, like instead of like locking down and wishing that they were still little kids, Mm -hmm. like I think it's so exciting to help parents see it as their own launch zone. Yeah, because I really see this. I don't know if you just kind of look around and notice this, but the parents who had a fairly easy time during adolescence, like their kids didn't challenge them at all. They just kind of were reflections of them. Then when they the kids left the house that those parents had a harder time adjusting to the empty nest and like, who am I? Where those of us who kind of were forced to do our own personal development during the teenage years kind of had like, Oh, okay. Empty nest. Like, yes, I'm good. Cause like I, I'm kind of already been changing and growing and figuring out who I am and what I want, what's important to me and my values. So then it's just kind of a more of a natural flow rather than an abrupt shift. I don't know. That's just kind of what I can see sometimes. Exactly. And there's even kind of a sweet spot, right? Because there's, I love this and I never want this to end. Those people have a challenging time. And the people that spent all those four years of high school fighting, there's a tremendous sense of grief at what they lost, mm. if they don't get the chance to kind of heal through the process, through the relationship, and the yeah. So there's the this, yeah, exactly, and that's actually what I find the most heartbreaking is the the parents who like couldn't wait until graduation, and then they look back on that time, and there's a there's a sense of loss, like they didn't build that strong foundation for the adult relationship which actually lasts way longer right. than the time that they spend in your house. And so there's, yeah, that sweet spot that I get really excited. Yeah, no, that's great. All right. So here's what I want you to coach me on. So I am, okay. my inmates are 15 <laughs> and 20. And Fun. <laughs> uh, my, I have a husband too. We were both working from home before the shelter in place started. So that hasn't been a huge transition for us, uh, my husband and I, but having the kids home, a little different. So 15 and 20, my biggest issue 
is that they don't want anything to do with me. <laughs> Currently, they are like my only companions, playmates. You know, this is kind of the daily, the people that I see every day with whom it just makes so much sense that like if I wanted to play a game, go for a walk, go for a hike, you know, drive somewhere, that they're kind of my companions. And yet they don't want to watch a show with me. And they're not angry about it. Like, I, <laughs> I, it's just, you know, logically, I know it's developmentally normal. It's what I want. They're independent. My daughter will say, you know, like, hey, do you want to go, I don't know, for a hike or something? I said, well, invite your friends. Like your friend can come and, you know, I'll drive. She hasn't, doesn't have her license yet. So I'll drive you. Your friend can drive herself. You guys can go for a hike and, you know, I'll just be there in the car. And she's like, uh, as long, like, as long as you're not there, <laughs> you know, so like, or like, but I don't want you to drive me there. Like, I just want to go with my friend. Like, it's just so like any little encroachment into her personal freedom and like independence she is very resistant to. Even where I think I'm being a good mom, I'm setting it up so that she can, you know, have her friend and stay six feet apart. You know, I'm like, we'll drive and we'll meet your friends in the parking lot. We'll back up and do like a tailgate party so we can just wave to them from afar. And she's like, not if you're in the car. <laughs> and, you know, she, we get along fine. We just live separate lives inside the, my, our own home. It's easier for me with my son because he's been at college for the last year and a half. And so I'm used to him not wanting to hang out with me. That said, he is, he's the one that used to actually enjoy playing games. We used to play games with mom all the time. And I don't get that from him at all either. So I'm just kind of left feeling, I guess, rejected would be the emotion I'm feeling. Mm. Oh. <laughs> this is such a common, so many moms, I'm sure that you've heard from other moms as well are feeling the same way. And because of the shelter in place, it's just exacerbated, of course, because I can't see my sister and my friends and my parents even, you know, like we're trying to stay separated from them. So I'll call, you know, FaceTime with my friends in other countries. I will, you know, talk on my, the phone, but it's just so, it would be nice. If I had a magic wand and I could make my kids do whatever I wanted, like I would have them just go do things with me. They're in my, my germ circle. <laughs> <laughs> so I want them to like actually play and interact with me and it would increase my levels of happiness joy if they would do and I see you know like I'll watch families like ride their bikes down the street and I'll get jealous like I would love for my kids would ride a bike with me you know I, I see other people interacting with their families and I'm doing a little compare and despair how true is it that they won't do anything with you like, is that, is that true that they won't do anything? Like you literally haven't seen them in the last 24 hours. I think like, so I'm allowed <laughs> to watch my son's TV show. He watches this, this one show every night and I'm allowed to watch that with him. I tend to fall asleep. Uh, he's, you talk about you being nerdy. My son is a very nerdy 20 year old. He watches very old people, like PBS type show that makes me fall asleep. My daughter will 
work out with me as long as she gets to tell me what to do and make me do lunges and squats and things that I don't want necessarily to do. So if I give her the power over me, then she likes that. I mean, she'll let me like rub her feet and bring her food, but that's not exactly the quality time that I have in mind. Okay. So yeah, I can say we can hang out. I, that's not, yeah, now that I think about it, I am allowed to hang out with her. She just wants me to be in, in service to her during those times. So it's not exactly like a French <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And when you think the thought, like this is totally developmentally normal that my 15-year-old does not want to braid hair and share secrets. <laughs> what happens next when you tell yourself like you told me and I'm sure you're telling yourself like this is totally developmentally normal Mm -hmm. what happens and I just you know leave her be let her leave her alone let her do her thing and you feel take take the lead so I feel at peace but I still feel kind of you know I I am sacrificing my own happiness or like, well, I don't think that's true because I don't think she would, it would, cause like it trying to get her to do things she doesn't want to do. It does not create happiness or peace. Like there's just no benefit. She's a rebel. There's no, whatever I want her to do, she will do the opposite. So I have learned to just let her do her thing. She's a great kid. She's kind. As long as I don't try to enforce my will upon her. So okay. I forgot the question, but that is a good thing to know about your daughter, right? <laughs> that you can't force, like, that's something to celebrate that is you it? can't force your will on her. <laughs> what, like, why could that be great that you can't force your will on her? Help me, Allie. Why is that great? I Thank married a rebel it. and I have a daughter as a rebel. Why is that? Yeah, why is that thing? great? I, I can don't think of know. like five good things. You can? In my head. Yeah. So I know that you can at least think of three. <laughs> Why is it great to have a rebel? I mean, I could see the, okay, just, we got to get really general, not, you know, I wouldn't say it's great to, right now to be quarantined with a rebel. I can't really find that, but. Mm, okay. okay. You're challenging me. Uh, how about this? If my daughter... Well, let's find something that's specifically... No, I, I got one. I got one. Okay. <laughs> if my daughter says yes to me, like if she decides to do something, I know it's because she genuinely wants to. Oh, that that's good. I have a, you know, I have a niece who's a people pleaser and she will say yes or say no, but I never really know if she's telling me the truth or not. Like, does she want to come over? Does she just saying yes to make me happy? And then she'll flake later. And so that's kind of, you know, annoying, but with my daughter, I always know she's telling me the absolute, if she says yes, it's, it's a definite yes coming from her true self. So that is a benefit. For sure. Okay. So there's one. What's another one? Generally, I can see the Red Bull personality as a beneficial because, um, you know, she wants to save the world. Like she's one of these people, like she's been a vegetarian for six years. Like she was protecting animal rights. Like she has very strong convictions about things that when they're not directed at mom, 
uh, can be really good. She's very determined. Like she's a hard worker and whatever she wants, she gets. I mean, she's got a freakish ability to get whatever she wants. In fact, right before this coronavirus stuff, she was like, I want to do online school. She's like, I'm tired of going to school five days a week, all day long. She's like, I want to just take classes Ooh. on the computer. So I'm like, did this just happen for you? <laughs> no kidding. Things like that happen to her all the time. It's just freaky. So she does have an incredible ability to, to get what And how is she doing with online school with the coronavirus? I don't know. I'm not allowed to ask about schoolwork. She gets straight A's, but uh, I find out three months no, later. No buts. She's doing well. She does her own thing. <laughs> she hates school. She hates it. With, she feels she's very vocal about that. Yeah, right now she's working on her tan. Okay. <laughs> so that is three for sure. <laughs> Good job. And I bet if you thought about like what's great about having a rebel, I bet you could make that list even longer. Because your list I can do it for list- other people. It's a lot easier, like with my clients. I can tell them all the great things about a rebellious personality. But yeah, it's hard when it, you're living with it. And I think that's the, I think that's the crux. Like you just answered your own sort of question. There is seeing like if she weren't your child you could see all of these great things about her and about her personality. And my suggestion would be to turn your focus to those and be choosing to remind yourself of that list when you're feeling frustrated about the challenging pieces and see if you can keep turning your focus towards the things that are great about having a rebel even in quarantine. See, I'm starting to cry, which I didn't know I was going to do on a podcast. So <laughs> might make for weird sound. But I think what's coming up for me is like also that like when I'm focused on her, like, you know, or my son or whatever, it's like, they won't play with me. They won't hang out with me. They won't make my life more fun is that I'm kind of neglecting the part of me that just is like sad. You know, like I miss my friends. I miss being able to go outside the damn house, you know? And so like, it's almost easier to focus on all the annoying things that surround me than to actually like allow myself to to grieve, you know? Like this would be number six. I'm counting how many times I cry during quarantine. What, what are we on now? Like week six or something? It's been like, well, it's a track of time. My roots would tell you that we're on week six. <laughs> I feel like I need, you know, like in Survivor, how they keep the tally marks on the tree and you write down like how many days it's been. Like, I feel like I need that to just keep track of time because it's been so long. And if you were to give yourself time to grieve and feel the feelings that are coming up, what, what would that look like? It would look like Tuesday. <laughs> so I usually did that on Tuesday. I, I called it a crying day. And um, <laughs> the other times I cried, it was like, I'd cried four times. And it was a little moment, you know, of like I couldn't get the microwave open. And I started right, bursting into tears and like hitting the microwave. Like, okay, clearly there's a little pent up rage going on. It's just kind of like me, like not giving room to feel my feelings. So 
I did it like when this first started, I was on my way to the airport when I found out, you know, we, my event was canceled, flights were canceled. I had to turn around and go back home. And so that next day, I just basically grieved for like eight hours and just, you know, was by myself, didn't talk to anybody, just felt my feelings. And it was good. It really like helped me go until the next week. (laughs) I barely had another crying day, usually related to foggy, cloudy weather. But Tuesday, I just took like the afternoon off and I just like sat in the sun and I didn't do anything. And I wrote in my journal and I just... FaceTime with my friend, you know, and I just kind of filled up my tank. And I think that helped. I mean, I think I know it helped. I I just didn't know, like right now, that there's still more there, you know? Yes. Because I felt really good Wednesday, but now here it is Thursday. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Apparently I've still got some, this is some grieving. Just like, it feels like healthy, normal, appropriate grief. It doesn't feel like, you know, the difference when you're resisting emotion, you're like, I don't want to feel sad. So I'm going to be anxious instead. Or, you know, it doesn't feel icky. It feels actually healthy. And I think that an important distinction, you said, it feels like I still have some grief with the idea that there'll be a point where it's over. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought it would last me a week. So I'm like disappointed that it only lasted a day. (laughs) And I bet that's true of a lot of your super mom listeners is they like want to check grief off their list. I felt my feelings. Yes, I felt my feelings. I don't have to do that again until two weeks from tomorrow. Now we can go back to focusing on how annoying my children are. (laughs) Exactly. But just allowing yourself and maybe even giving yourself like a check-in, you know, to see like, how you doing? Hey girl, how you that's, doing? Like to talk to yourself that way. And that's interesting because I did not do that today. I did yeah. it yesterday. I did it Tuesday. I've been doing my journal, you know, and just checking in and saying, like, okay, like how how are we today? And I think you know, I because I generally feel fine, but fine sometimes for me can be like just not paying attention. Well, even the practice of checking in, if you're doing a regular journal practice of checking in and maybe even throwing in the question, like, do you need anything? Like just asking yourself, Hey girl, you need anything? Yeah. Like right now we're doing this, uh, I guess by the time this airs, it will be finished. I'm doing a super mom challenge and today's Mm -hmm. journal, right? Was this is why I didn't do the check-in because I did this instead. It was write 20 things that you want which is, you know, kind of challenging because you run out after about eight. (laughs) And so I stretch the brain a little bit more. What do you want? And then to pick one thing on your list and find 10 different ways to get it. So we're really working on stretching the imagination. And as I was listing my 20 things, I mean, there was such a theme. It was all like outdoor activities with friends. Like there was definitely, it was like, kayaking and you know paddleboarding and I want to go golfing and I want to do like all these very there was definitely a a theme so I know what I want I know what I'm missing and so it's just how could you give yourself a version of that today today is filled with coaching calls so I'm not sure I did go for a walk actually in between calls I did um 
It sounds so lame these days. Like, I feel like there's no more like fear of missing out. It's all just missing out. So like my one little outing is like, I walked to, we have an um, animal feed store near my house. So I walked my dog to the animal feed store and I bought dog food. Like that was my very exciting outing for the day. But you got out. I got out. I moved my body. I actually stopped. And now what to about my neighbor? There you go. <laughs> I was so, going to say, all you need to do is throw in a social component then. I did. I, I, I called a couple people, talked to my niece, talked to my neighbor. So it did. It felt good. Like I was lingering, you know, outside. And like, it's so lovely here today when the weather's really nice. And that definitely helps. So just kind of walking around outside. And I just, you know, I think for me, the... Uh, I think for your listeners, even understanding, which I think you gave such a beautiful example, like even in a really small way, you were able to give yourself what you need today, which right. was time outside with a friend, with a social component. Right. Yeah. Moving my body. Because I'm yeah. sitting a lot too with this shelter in place. It's like body in place. And, you know, I try to do little exercise videos on YouTube um, and I do it, but it's just not the same for me. Like it's just, I don't know. I need to be outside. And I think even like resourcing ourselves in those really small ways becomes more and more important. You know, it becomes like the vitamin that will get us through the times when our teenagers won't play with us. (laughs) (laughs) They won't play with me. (sighs) Yes. Yes. I'm very, I'm, I, it is like, I want to have independent children who don't need their mom. And so like, I, it is what I wanted. It's just, you know, I didn't know we were going to be all quarantined together. So it's, and they do, they will come down and we'll eat dinner together. So like, it's not like they won't do anything with me. They will eat with me. They actually talk at dinner time. We have conversations. So, you know, it's not as bad as it and my son and I actually just established office hours. So he's, since he's a college student, he did, he, it was hard for him to come home and feel like he didn't have personal sovereignty over his time because he was so used to having like, I get to you know decide what I do and when I do it. And he didn't like that. I could like knock on his door at any moment or ask him to mow the lawn or, you know, even just like interrupt and it wasn't working for him. And so we put a little whiteboard on his door. And every day, like one o'clock, I check in with him if there's anything I need to, hey, can you clean the litter box or, you know, into the dishwasher or we're going to go here, go visit Nanny. Do you want to come? So we kind of have established office hours for him. Maybe I could do the same with my daughter. Maybe she would. That actually might be a nice gift to her to make her feel even more independent. Absolutely. And the process of figuring out what works for both of you is a great relationship builder, right? Mm-hmm. Like with an eye on the process has to work for both of you. Because so many of the things that we as parents, there isn't a right system. There's just a system that we figure out that right. meets both our needs. Yeah. 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 And that is, that's working. Like I like, I know that I can talk to him for half an hour a day and not be rejected. Like that feels really good to me. And sometimes he'll sit and talk to me for an hour and I will just eat it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Enjoy it, but it's on his time clock. So maybe I'll try that with my daughter. All right. Well, you were going to give us 
a super mom kryptonite of a, <laughs> I call a secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired. What's something that you find is a super mom kryptonite? For you? <sighs> My super mom kryptonite is paper. Like there is <laughs> still, why is there so much paper? in our house mm, all so like clutter and just that kind of yes thing. there's school homework all over the house and like i why are there seven pens on the dining room table at any given time there's three <laughs> adults and seven pens and that's for sure an energy drain for me i think i have a little bit maybe of attention issues and so if i have a really cluttered environment it's hard for me to focus on what mm. i need to get done and so it's an energy drain for me as a mom because then i feel tasked to like make all the paper go away mm-hmm. and yeah so- what is your thought when you see all the papers sitting around everywhere what's your thought about it just it's so it's so distracting to me to have paper out my thought is oh it's I, like I can't focus with the stuff everywhere and I know it's me I know that the paper isn't morally wrong for being on the dining room table <laughs> no but it's still this too that like I need to get rid of this I can't have this here like there's it sounds like those it's kind of like yes. up to you yes because I'm the only I'm the only one that appears to have that concern and especially in like kitchen dining room for mm-hmm. sure uh, I would say that the people in my house are like, oh, look at this empty surface. This would be a great place for me to leave the mail or the yes. newspaper or the... Empty surfaces, surfaces are like little magnets, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. But that's my kryptonite that I'm always yeah. kind of playing around with different strategies to manage. And so what would you say is a super mom power boost? Something that moms can do to boost their energy? Tired moms can boost their energy. I have go-to things that reliably make me happy. And for me, those are the energy boosts. So I have a Twitter account that I follow that is straight up just animal videos. Oh my gosh, what's it called? uh, Life on Earth. I should see if I have... No, I have everything closed for our call. But it's like Life on Earth, P-N-G. Hmm. It's only on Twitter. It's not even on Facebook. I've looked on Instagram. I don't know why it's only on Twitter. But reliably, if I go to that account, there's like two kittens in a bowl or there's like a goat kissing a dog. And reliably, like in 10 seconds, it can shift and I'm happy again. Interesting. (laughs) I was just doing that the other day. Like I never, I'm not an animal video. I mean, I love it when I see it, but I just have never sought it out until just a couple days ago because I've been feeling you know, just blah. It's, I'm not bad. I just feel blah. And so I wanted to feel better. And so I went to YouTube and I Googled, like, I wanted to see like how the animals are benefiting. Cause like, if I'm sacrificing and, you know, feeling like, okay, this is a burden for me to stay home all the time and not see my people. I want there to be a benefit to it. Obviously right. I'm saving human lives, but I want to see who's benefiting, right? <laughs> so I went and like looked at animals that are enjoying all the people inside their houses and they had, Ooh. you know, the like pandas, a buffalo walking down the street and all the monkeys coming into the big cities and the dolphins and, you know, just seeing all the animals that are thriving while the humans have retreated from 
their environments is and the sea turtles who are walking, you know, without the tourists in town. And so it was nice to know that like, okay, there's some benefit. Didn't you feel better? Like, I totally it's, it's did. Such You're a just, reliable in all the videos. Like for me, it needs to be fast because we're busy. Especially it's, after like you look at Australian fires, you know, and they had all the animals lost their lives down there to think that like, okay, now we're like, you know, making amends a little bit, <laughs> helping the animals thrive. And uh, so, yeah, Koala videos is a good one. Perfect. Or any, for my suggestion would be find something that does that for you. Like whatever right. that is, like the quick, that's reliably a good time for you. What else do you do to boost your energy? Um, uh, I am uh, the queen of the like five minute walk. Between mm. client sessions, I have them spaced out so that I can really clear out and I can get like to the corner and back. And when the weather's good, like that five minute walk, again, it's, I think the theme that would come up is anything that hits the reset button for me. Mm-hmm. That's another way like to get up and get some activity and, you know, some fresh air, even if it's five minutes to me, that can make all the difference in the world. I've been doing a 10 minute Bollywood dance video on YouTube. You have to send me the link. It's, well, I will not send you a video of me doing it. I will send you a video of the link. Because it's, but it's so like Bollywood dancing is very like up Fabulous. and cheerful and like buoyant. And so you really have to, it's hard to not, it's hard to feel sad while doing Bollywood dancing. So, and I love the like 10 minutes because it's just like a quick energy boost and yeah, it's great core workout. Make do all that like shifting <laughs> your hands. Yeah. I actually took a ballet dancing class like probably 10 years ago. And it was, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was amazing. It was so fun. Well, this isn't uh, belly dancing. This is Bollywood. So I don't know. Belly dancing probably would be a better core workout. This is very cardio. Lots of jumping around and... Yeah. Uh, but if I'm you thinking of like a similar genre of music, yeah. some of it. Yeah. yeah it, there's probably some similarities. But yeah, you just kind of find little ways, like you're saying, to give you a little boost of energy and, you know... And to prioritize those, to not forget that you count. I mean, when you feel better, you act better, right? It makes you a better mom when you're taking care of yourself. And it's hard. I mean, there's so, I mean, aren't you, are you so grateful that to have, to not have little kids in the house during this quarantine? Yes. I'm so <laughs> grateful that I actually feel more than a little guilty about it. <laughs> oh, all oh, these super moms. It's so hard for me because like I miss little children. Like I would love to have them for a couple hours. Hey, super moms. This is Tori. I recorded that interview with Allie Irwin. Well, it was an interview and a coaching call. Thought I would take advantage of having her on the show. And it was very helpful. I have to say that was a couple of days ago. And I did not realize that I was kind of focusing on my annoying teenagers instead of dealing with the grief I've been feeling over the loss of the life that I had before this quarantine. You know, I had set my life up perfectly by design, exactly the way I want it, filled with lots of travel and outdoor adventure and times with girlfriends and all that has changed now. And so I didn't realize that I had had sort of a subconscious belief that I'm only allowed to cry once a week. (laughs) That surprised me. But I felt better ever since. I noticed yesterday, I was driving in the car with my daughter and she asked me to uh, I had my, was listening to uh, my audiobook, uh, 
Untamed by Glennon Doyle Melton. If anybody hasn't listened to that one yet, you should. She's such an incredible writer. Uh, so anyways, I was listening to my audiobook and she asked, my daughter asked me to take my earbuds out of my ears so that I could watch the sunset with her and listen to her music and enjoy the vibes. And I remember Allie saying, are you absolutely sure that she doesn't want to do anything with you? And I made oh, kind of my snarky remark about, well, she'll let me rub her feet and bring her food. But apparently Allie was right and I was wrong, even though I didn't think so at the time. I mean, that's how beliefs work. You know, we we like to be right. And so if I think my teenagers don't want to do anything fun with me, then I will see evidence to prove that's true. But if I think, oh, they do want to spend time with me, then I'll notice things like that. And I did. I paid attention. I said, okay, I see it. I was wrong. (laughs) I'll admit it. It's not all bad. So anyways, it was a great call. I really appreciate Allie coaching me and helping me kind of just learn a little bit more. I just ask all of you guys to just allow yourselves to feel whatever you feel. This is a crazy time for so many of us. Some people are loving it. Some people are really struggling. It's just bringing all of our stuff up to the surface so that we can take a look at it, whether it's things that we love and are enjoying about this time or things that are really a big struggle for us, whether that's relationships with our kids or spouses or fear and anxiety. Oh, we're just confronted with ourselves a lot these days. So be be gentle and kind to yourself. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, go ahead and send me an email. You can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question. And you can either give me a recording of your voice or send me an email and I'll answer it on the air. You all take care. Talk to you soon. Bye want a free life coaching session go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today and thank you so much for listening i would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and i'll answer it on the air thanks again have a great day